Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11 and meet me at verse 6. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And the writer of Hebrews tells us from the word of God, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Now, over the last several months, actually starting in April, we've been talking about faith. We've been talking about how to please God. And this verse tells us that faith pleases God. Without faith or outside of faith, it is impossible. Notice the writer of Hebrews tells us that it cannot be done. You cannot please God if you don't operate in faith because you first, when you come to God, you first must believe. You can't come to God with with a lot of doubt expecting to twist his arm that he's going to do something if you don't first believe. You're going to have to first believe that he is or that he exists or he is who he says he is. You're going to have to believe his word. You're going to have to first believe and you're going to have to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you seek after him, he will reward your faith. And one of the ways he rewards your faith is through manifestation. He will reveal and manifest to you what you are believing him for in due season. And so it is important that we operate in faith because how many of you want to please God? Let me see, show of hand, you want to please. Well, in order to please God, you're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to operate in faith. And over the last several months, we've had titles such as what is faith? Kickstart your faith. How to increase your faith. Faith that overcomes. Faith food. The faith effect. The spirit of faith, believe, speak, thanks, faith talks, speak your change, no more discouragement, quiet confidence, phony faith, let patience grow in the waiting room, most holy faith. And last week, Jeannie talked to us about the good fight. And so if you want to hear any of these messages, we make them available free to you. TrueLifeFC.org, TrueLifeFC.org. We make it available free. And if it's free, that means there is no excuse for not growing in your faith. It is free. All you got to do is hit play and you can grow in your faith because it is imperative that we grow in our faith. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the apostle Paul tells us, He says, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Say that, the just shall live by faith. Say it with me. The just shall live by faith. Now, this is not a suggestion. Uh, This is not a good idea. This is a commandment. This is a requirement that the just, those that have been declared righteous, The just are those that have been treated by God just as if they've never sinned. 
We've been declared in right standing with God. That's you and I, if you believe in the substitutionary sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then and therefore, we shall live by faith. It is not a suggestion. We are commanded to live by faith. The Apostle Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, he tells us, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We are to walk. How do you walk? One step at a time, one choice at a time, one decision at a time, one moment at a time, one day at a time. We're to walk by faith and not by what we can see. Because what we can see is temporary and subject to change at any moment. But what we believe through Christ Jesus is eternal. It remains, he remains the same. What we believe remains the same. And it will manifest and come to pass when you walk by faith. And too often, you and I are walking by what we see. And we're not walking by what we believe. We're making decisions by what we see. And we're not making decisions by what we believe. We are to walk by faith and not by sight. Well, today and probably throughout the month of August, you don't want to miss this. I want to talk about an enemy of faith. And I'm going to spend a little time on it. And this enemy is sneaky and he's subtle. This enemy comes in, whether you realize it or not, and he begins to distort your faith. And you may not even be aware of it. And I want to start in John chapter 20 and uh, meet me at verse 24, John chapter 20 and verse 24. And we'll read through verse 29. And the word of the Lord says, now Thomas called the twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. Verse 25, the other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 26. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came and the doors being shut and stood in the midst of them and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Verse 28. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, notice in this passage of scripture, Thomas is one of the 12 disciples. He has hung out with Jesus for three, three and a half years or so. He has seen all the miracles Jesus has performed. He has seen the dead raised. He has seen lepers healed. He has seen people fed. He has seen fever rebuked. He has seen miraculous things like Jesus walking on the water. He has seen some wonderful, amazing things while hanging out with Jesus every single day for the last three years. So Thomas is not, 
you know, some Rudy Poo kind of guy that had an encounter with Jesus. Thomas is a disciple that's been with Jesus. Now, in context, Jesus has died and has risen, like he said he would, from the dead. And at this point, the, the other disciples saw Jesus. He appeared to them. They had a conversation with him. And Thomas, they tell Thomas, his homeboys, they tell Thomas, hey, Thomas, we saw Jesus. And Thomas says, unless I see, unless I touch, I will not believe. Now, tradition has it that we call Thomas Doubting Thomas. And I don't like that name because Thomas went on ahead and did some great things for the Lord. He was an apostle to India. He had spent some time in Iran. Many, many, many souls were saved by the works of Apostle Thomas. So I don't like when they say Doubting Thomas. And I also don't like when religion says Doubting Thomas because he actually didn't doubt in this passage. He actually communicated that I will not believe. That is not doubt. That is what you call unbelief. And I want to talk over the next several weeks about unbelief because unbelief will sneak in, unbelief will come in, and unbelief will hinder your faith. Thomas made a decision of consciousness. <laughs> I will not believe. There was a, a particular friend of mine, and I was telling him about all of the people in our church that have seen debt cancellation. You remember at the beginning of the year, we had a debt cancellation service, and I'm hearing testimonies come in about people receiving debt cancellation, and the last time I heard, it was close to $400,000. So praise God, a debt cancellation has come in through this congregation. Debt's being canceled and eliminated. And I was telling a friend about uh, a particular, I think, believe it was Adrian's debt cancellation. I was like, man, look at this debt, debt cancellation, and we rejoice. And I said to him, I said, you're next. And he said, well, I'm not next, um, but I'm, I, I might be down the line, but uh, I'm not next. And now he didn't even realize that he didn't communicate doubt. He communicated unbelief. He literally said, I will not believe that I'm next. And we get caught up in unbelief. And I'm going to give four reasons why we get caught up in unbelief, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And I believe that he unintentionally said, I'm not next, but he said that. <laughs> Are you listening to me? I don't, think, I don't think he consciously said, I'm not going to believe. But his response was a response of unbelief. I'm not next. Well, why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just say, I'm next? The reason why you wouldn't say that is because there's unbelief that's on the inside of you, and I'm going to reveal it in this series so we can get it out in the name of Jesus. I've gotten to the point before I go into the four reasons, sometimes people will tell me a story, and it sounds unbelievable, and I just simply say, you know what? I'm going to believe that. Well, are you, are you being a foolish pastor? Maybe. Maybe I am. 
Maybe not. I don't know. But I just want to, I don't want to be quick to not believe something. I want to be quick to believe because I'm a believer. Now, if I find out later that it was a lie through evidence, then I, I will no longer attach my belief to that. But I've heard some stories like, ooh, that don't sound right. Now, if a person is lying all the time, I got a particular guy I know he lies. So when he tells me something, I don't believe that. I've, he has lied far too often, okay? But if I hear something and there's someone that I trust, I'm quick to believe it. Even if it sounds a little sketchy, I'm going to go ahead and believe it. Why? Because I'm a believer. Somebody say, I'm a believer. believer. Say it again, I'm a believer. believer. One more time, I'm a believer. There are four reasons that I wrote down why we contend with unbelief. And I believe reason number one is the most important. Well, they're all important. But uh, the most common, I should say, is we lack the knowledge of the will of God. We lack the knowledge of the will of God. And how many of you know that faith begins where the will of God is known? This is where faith starts. When you know what God wills for your life, then your faith will initiate right at that moment of realizing this is God's will, and then you're going to believe God for it. And here's what happens. God's will is God's word. This is the perfect will of God. You can find God's will written in his word. I don't want to uh, overcomplicate this for you. If you see it in the word, you found it in his will. And this is his perfect will. And we can see what his perfect will is. It's, it's found in the word of God. Stacy and I were to sit out and write a will when we depart, and this is what we're saying, we want to leave this for this and this and that. You don't have to guess what that is. I wrote it down. And here's what too many people do when it comes to the will of God. We try to find out what the will of God is after something happens. And this is dangerous. You, what, this will happen. Well, I'm, I, I've got a bad doctor's report. You better believe that by his stripes you were healed when you, before you got that bad doctor's report so that you can know God's will is for me to be healed of this and not get caught up in, and this is what I hear all the time as a pastor, well, we're just trying to figure out what the will of the Lord is. We got this bad doctor's report. Doctor said that I got three months to live and we just want, we just, we just want to know we're open to the will of God. And whatever his will is, that's what will happen. And that is not true. That is what you call unbelief. It's not doubt. It is unbelief. I don't, I don't know what the will of God is, and we'll figure out what the will of God is. What if, we, what if Josh and Jeannie would have took that? She shared it last week in her message. She was told that she could not have children. The doctor said you can't have children, but the Lord told her, you're going to have a child and it's going to be named Rachel Lynn. Am I right about it? Gave her a name, but the doctor said you're not going to have children, right? Well, we just find out what the will of the Lord is. What if she would have done that? You know, we just, we just, we'll just wait and see what God's will is. Rachel Lynn would have never been born. But when she heard from God and God said, 
and superseded what Dr. So-and-so said. God said supersedes what the doctor says. Are you listening to me? And she said, I've got a word from God. And God said, I'm going to have a daughter and we're going to name this daughter Rachel Lynn. Well, she held on to that word of God. And lo and behold, Rachel Lynn is what? 12 years old now, right? 13? 13 years old now. Praise God. 13 years ago. Hallelujah. Rachel Lynn. And there's Desmond now. Another one came. Doctor says she couldn't have none. And she got two of them. Maybe they need to try for a third. <laughs> what, 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 what am I saying? I'm saying when you know what the will of God is, you'll fight. And your faith will start and you'll fight because you know what God's word says and whatever else, whatever other words are saying, I'm not going to believe those words. I'm going to believe what the word of God says more than I believe what these other words say. And far too often people are in unbelief and they'll make statements like this. Uh, well, I'm not feeling well. Let me pray for you. God, if it be thy will, heal my brother. That, 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 don't, that don't work. You might as well not have said nothing. There's no faith in that. And then we, we, let's sit back and see if that was God's will for that to happen. Oh, you still sick? I guess it wasn't God's will. And then God gets a bad rap. I, I'm, very, I'm very serious about this because I've seen people die on this. I'm just waiting to see God's will. And I'm like, can I show you a hundred scriptures? Where it's God's will for you to be healed? Well, we'll just see. We'll just find out later what the will of the Lord is. And then they die. Well, it was God's will for them to die. No. When you know what the will of God is, you will fight. And that's where faith starts. That's where faith is initiated when you know this is God's will for me. Hallelujah. I'm thinking of one particular person that lived in our neighborhood his pastor told him that um, he had cancer. He found out he had cancer. Stage four. Young man, pastor said, God gave it to you. This is of God. He came to my house. I said, man, listen. I said, Jesus didn't give anybody any cancer in scripture. We don't have one record of Jesus giving anybody any sickness. Not one. Now, we have record of him taking it away, but never giving. And so I said, man, listen, your pastor is probably a great man, but he's wrong on this one. I said, God wants you to be healed. He goes, well, no, pastors, my pastor said that, um, you know, um, this is God's will for me and this is what God wants me to have and I'll rest in it. Well, last, next time I saw him, he was eating three hot dogs. That's probably the, that's the worst thing you can eat. You're trying to fight cancer and stuff. And he had three hot dogs and some Doritos and a, some, you know, Cokes. And he gave up. Well, he had no reason to fight because he believed it was God's will for him to have it. So therefore, he had unbelief that God was willing to heal because he believed God gave it to him. Therefore, he never fought it. And he died weeks later, 27 years old. Weeks later. I'll, I'll tell you this. I've never done this before in my entire life, but I, 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 I endeavored to hear from God. The Lord told me, he said, ask him to come to your church for three months. Come to True Life. Don't give any money. I don't want your money. Don't, you don't got to be a member. 
You just come. And in three months, that cancer will be gone in your body. We're going to drive it out in Jesus name. He said, no, I don't want to do that. I ended up talking to a friend of mine about it. He said, notice what the Lord wanted to do. This is how much God loves us. Listen to this. I was going to preach on healing for three months. I was going to lay hands on him every Sunday and Wednesday. At that point, we were doing Wednesday nights in the building. And we're going to preach on healing. We're going to dry that out. It's going to be driven out. All y'all would have been blessed on the healing messages, but it was really just for him. All he had to do was say, I'll just show up. I'll just show up. But he said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. And he died. Now, here's the other side of it. Someone asked me, well, what would you have done if he came and three months later and he still had cancer? What would you have done? It never crossed my mind. Why? Because I believe that I had heard from God. And I wasn't considering any other option to take place. It never crossed my mind that it wasn't going to happen. This is what believe is all about. I didn't even consider it. And so, number one, one of the reasons we struggle is, is we don't know the will of God. And we, if we don't know the will of God, we're never going to release our faith, and then we are going to be in unbelief. Number two, why we struggle with unbelief is we've been lied to before. We've been lied to. Someone has lied to us. And uh, the lying has caused us to stop believing stuff. And now we're not quick to believe what God says because Pookie and Ray Ray has been lying. And maybe someone we trust, like our father has been lying or our mother or grandma, we, they've been lying and we fail to believe what God says because someone we trust hasn't followed through. I try and I'm a human. But if I tell my kids something, I try the hardest to do what I say I'm going to do. I'm human. I've, I've, so now uh, what I say is I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. Or not now. I don't know. You know, I, don't, I just don't want. Because thank God I, I had wonderful parents. Thank God for my parents. But I still remember certain things. My parents, we're going to do this. And we ain't done it. How many of y'all have certain stories? We're going to do it. We're going to. Uh, it didn't happen. And then what happens is we take that to God. That same feeling, our parents said you're going to do it, and then God said, I want to do this for you. Uh, I don't know. Mama didn't do it. God ain't going to do it. And we've been lied to, and so then, therefore, we are contending with unbelief because we've been lied to in the past. Another reason why we struggle to believe is we want to see something first. And this is what happened with Thomas. He said, I ain't going to believe unless I see with my eyes and touch with my hands, I will not believe. And most people are waiting to see something before they believe something. And if you want manifestation in the kingdom of God, you're going to have to believe something before you see something. This is why Jesus said to Thomas, blessed, in verse 29, are them that have not seen and yet believe. He said they are empowered to prosper. They'll have more joy. They'll have manifestation. Increase will occur in their life when they still believe and they don't see. They didn't touch 
me. They didn't see the wounds. They are more blessed. We're going to have to believe first and then see. I want to say it again because I know one, I know some of y'all, I want to see, what I'm going to do is I want to see more money in my bank account. And I want to see it first before I'll step out on faith and do what God's called me to do. And God's saying, no, you're going to have to do the opposite. You have to believe first and then you'll see the increase in the bank account. Come on, somebody. You're going to have to believe first and then you'll see that, that relationship get stronger and stronger. You're going to have to believe first and then you'll see your kids come home that are trying to run away and be rebellious. You're going to have to believe first and then you'll see a better doctor's report. You're going to have to believe first and then you'll see. But we are wanting to see first. And if we continue to wait to see first, we'll never see. And you'll get what you expect because unbelief always gets what it expects. Unbelief always does. Well, I, I knew that wasn't going to work because you didn't believe it would. Stuff, I talked to a guy recently, stuff never works out for me. Yeah, because that's what you believe. And it's never going to work out for you. It doesn't surprise me one bit that it's not working out for you because that's what you believe. And there's no such thing as non-belief. You're going to believe something. No such thing as non-belief. Unbelief has this anchor in this physical realm. What it can see, touch, taste, smell, and hear. Unbelief is anchored in that. Having faith is anchored in what you cannot see. What you can only see in his word and you attach your faith to it, and your anchor is, I don't know, I don't know how that's going to happen, but I believe it's going to happen. And that's number four. Number four people, the reason why people struggle to believe is they don't see how. They don't see how, so they won't believe. How is that going to happen? I don't know, but I believe it's going to happen. I have to tell this story, many of you know, I've shared this story in the past. I'll share it again. In my phone was an airplane. Many of you know I like airplanes. I like private airplanes. I'm going to con consistently fly private one day. I ain't got there yet. One day, we're not going to American Airlines. We're going private, praise the Lord. And I, that's something. How's that going to happen? I don't know how that's going to happen. I have no idea how that's going to happen. But one day, it's going to happen. It's happening all over the world. Why can I be included in that, praise the Lord? Well, Pastor, you, who do you think you are? I'm a believer. Amen. So there's this particular airplane. A friend of mine told me, he said, man, I think you would like the King Air. Okay, I looked up the King Air, and I did. I looked at it. I was like, man, that King Air looks like I had it in my phone. That's a really nice plane. Yeah, it looks good. And, man, the King Air is so nice. This year, y'all know the story because of the favor of God. This year, I got asked to fly in a King Air. Hallelujah. Private. And guess how much it cost me? Nothing. Hallelujah. Listen, how did that happen to you? I believe it's because I was believing for that. I get a call, didn't even know we were flying private at the time, and found out later we're flying private, and lo and behold, it's the plane that's in my phone. Exact same plane. That's the favor of God, and that's what believing does. Believing is like a magnet that draws possibilities to you. 
When you believe, it is coming. It may take some time, but it is coming. It is on its way to you because you believe, you're walking in faith, you're declaring it out of your mouth, and it's happening. Whether it happens now or later doesn't matter. It is happening right as we speak. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. I, we have a two-story house. And, and Stacey and I sometimes are downstairs, our children are sometimes upstairs. All we have to do is yell one of their names one time. Zavin! We sit on the couch and we just keep doing what we're doing. We don't be like, we better run up there and make sure he heard me or let me, uh, let me go. Oh my gosh, he didn't come. No, we just sit there and wait because guess what? He coming. He's coming. In about 30 seconds, 35 seconds later, here he come. Yes, mom. Down the steps. Why did he come? Because I called him. I hope y'all put this together. Why stuff should be coming? Because you're calling it to come to you. Healing, come to me now. Provision, come to me now. Opportunities, come to me now. Debt freedom, come to me now. You're calling it in. And you're believing that it's coming in. And as it's coming in, you are watching it come in, praise God. And whether it takes one day or 20 years, it's going gonna, it's gonna to arrive, praise God. The, the time it arrives has nothing to do with you. That's in the, in the hand of the Lord. My job is to believe that God will do his job. That's my job. And so we see here, unbelief will hinder our faith. When we choose, and I want to talk about this today, I want you to take this home. When you choose not to believe is the first function of unbelief. I, Thomas said, I will not believe. He chose not to believe, and that is the first function. Now, thank God for his grace. Jesus showed up eight days later. So he went eight days without believing. His homeboys and disciples were saying, this happened, bro. This happened. Jesus went. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. Y'all lying. It didn't happen. Jesus, so gracious, showed him, say, Thomas, look, 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 look. Guess what? Stop not believing. Get out of unbelief and start believing. And he says, Lord, I believe. Well, his belief was a surface level belief because he saw something first. Then he said, I believe. And that's when Jesus said, it is more blessed when you believe when you don't see it. And then it happens. There are three forms of unbelief. I'll share this with you. And like I said, this, this month, we're going to go through these. But three forms of unbelief. The first one is ignorance. We talked a little bit about ignorance. Ignorance meaning I just don't have the knowledge as to what God is saying. And I'm ignorant of it. And you will not believe. The second one is what I want to call disbelief. And disbelief simply means I believe the wrong thing or I've been taught incorrectly. And I'm believing wrong teaching. And one of the reasons why I believe I'm in ministry is to correct wrong teaching, is to preach the right way to correct wrong teaching, because many of you grew up like I did that got some bad teaching. And then that wasn't, the teaching we got wasn't even in the word. It was just teaching. 
Mm, come on, somebody. Won't you help me if you will come? And he'd leave there and say, what was taught? Nothing was taught. I saw this piece of paper. It was a napkin on my table, and the napkin was red, and I thought about the blood, and the blood, the blood, I said the blood, and then you leave there, and it's like, what, 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 what was going on? Nothing. And then you... You don't have no manifestation, nothing happens for you, the favor of God's not working, and you didn't get anything because someone up there got up there unprepared and did some wrong teaching. And the wrong teaching will cause you not to believe God. Wrong teaching that will, 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 will formulate. You, let me say it this way. Uh, your life is very dependent upon what you hear taught. You really, and your progress, really are accumulation of, of what you have been taught. Um, if you've been taught that you're supposed to be broke, busting, and disgusted, then you're gonna be broke, busting, and disgusted. And wrong teaching will cause you not to believe God. But good teaching, correct teaching, sound doctrinal teaching will cause you to believe God in ways that you never have before. And I, I said this to my wife the other day, and, and I'll say it today. I am one of the, uh, I'm a leader that believes we can fix everything with correct teaching. I, I do. This is, can I be honest with you? This is one of my flaws. I actually believe if just, if you're taught correctly, we can fix whatever you're going through. But I'm learning as I've been pastoring now, for over a decade, I'm learning that uh, you can't correct bad attitude. People just gonna have, if they got a bad attitude, they're gonna have a bad attitude. I can teach all day long, they're gonna have a bad attitude. You can't correct rebellion. I mean, if you just wanna rebel, I can't correct that in teaching. I'm gonna have to, I'm just, I'm gonna have to drive the rebel out. Rebel, you gotta go, you know? Can't correct that. So, uh, wrong, good teaching doesn't correct everything because if you have chosen, to just put your foot in the ground, then good teaching doesn't correct everything. But I will tell you, I think good teaching can help you go a long way. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Number three form of unbelief, and we're going to get into this a little bit later, is what I would call human unbelief, which is you are tied to your five physical senses. You only believe your five physical senses. Whatever your five physical senses are telling you, that's what you will believe. So you're limited to your five physical senses. And more often than not, unsaved people, unbelievers, are limited to their five physical senses. They are not going to believe. But if you are a believer, stop acting like an unbeliever. Say, I'm a believer. That means you believe. Don't act like an unbeliever that's waiting for CNN to tell them something. That No, no, no. I, I believe that God is working all things out for his good to those that love him. I love him. And I believe he's working things out for me. Well, you don't see it working out. I don't see it, but I believe it. 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 Say, I believe. I 
Say, I believe. One more time. Say, I believe. This is how you experience true life. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead.